Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome in. It's the Barbecue Central Show. First hour already in the bag. You can get it tomorrow on podcast as we are recording at the same time as we do it live here. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, slash BBQ Central Show. Uh, Wait, at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Still to come on this show, embedded correspondence. That's right. Everybody loves that. Ricer making a debut. I have no idea if we are actually getting out to his. It says it's going. I doubt it's going. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Oh, God. That was almost a nightmare. Uh, I'm taking you back, uh, so it's episode 113, taking you back to January 25th, 2011. One of the original Barbecue Central Show logos was made by a graphic designer named Brian Knox. And I had originally met Brian on my barbecue forum when I owned one way, way, way a long time ago. And it was originally called BBQ-4-U or Barbecue for You. I almost got sued, and I changed it to Barbecue Central, and that's when I met Brian. And he offered up his services to make me a more professional-looking image. He also happened to own a small barbecue rub company, kind of like a cottage barbecue rub company. And this was an interview I did with him on his products back in 2011. And these items are still available today, believe it or not. And I can tell you from firsthand experience... If you like real-ass pepper on your steak, not no fake-ass pepper, but some real-ass pepper, his cracked black pepper rub might change your life forever. It is that good. It could change your life forever. It's no run-of-the-mill. This is fully uh, very exotic pepper corns that they crack down. Now, from a you standpoint, you know, I did layer this mediumly, medium layer, mediumly. I'm making up words left and right. Today. A medium layer of this cracked black pepper rub. And I'm telling you, uh, you're asking, did it taste like black? Yes, it had a very robust black pepper, cracked pepper flavor through it. Nice spice from the pepper, obviously. So I would say... You could easily go too much if you don't like it like that. But, you know, layer a little bit. Test it out. I mean, I'd say give it a try. And he made this ambrosia hot sauce. Maybe that's not exactly what it was called. That stuff 
was even better than the crack backpack. Now, they don't even make that anymore. I reached out to Brian and asked him if he had it still, and they said no. It was cost prohibitive for him to keep making it, especially with all the other hot sauces that were on the market. There's more hot sauces than barbecue sauces, if you can believe it. But that ambrosia, you could go through. It was like in one of those little hot sauce bottles. I could go through that in two days. It was good on everything. It was delicious, a very nice light heat to it, and the flavor was just unbelievable. It's very sad that he's not making that anymore. So that's what you're looking forward to. By the way, for point of fun and fact, while if you hit the direct link, uh, it only gets you hour number one if you go back through the extended archives. And if you want me to send you the link, just ask me in an email later on and I'll send you a link. This was also in the second hour of this program was when I interviewed NFL first ballot Hall of Famer Randy the Manster White. I did. Randy White was on this very show in the second hour, and it was right around Super Bowl time, maybe a week or so before, and he came on talking about Randy White's barbecue store, which I don't even know if it's still around or not, and he was promoting Tide. How dare you? When we were setting it up, whoever his PR hack was said at some point, Ask Randy about what if you get sauce on your shirt? Does he have any tips of how to clean it? And then Randy worked up the Tide bit. It was a classic piece of placement advertising. It was so fun. But that's what you get. I don't even know if this is going to happen. But So if you want to have the link, you know, Shoot me an email, and I'll make sure that you have the link. We can go from there. Huh. All right, look at this. It's like we got a caller. I know this area code, by the way. We go to Cleveland. Uh, you're on the air. Is this, is this the Barbecue Central show? Yes, caller. Name and where you're calling from. They, they call me Smokey. Smokey? You probably heard of me, Greg. Yeah, Smokey. I'm a big influencer on social media. Um, Big time. 47 followers, Greg. 47 followers? Yes. All right. I'm calling. You can probably hear the wind, Greg. I'm calling to you from the 480 bridge. All this smoke fire business on Facebook, it's taking me to the very brink. The brink of what? And need I remind, is Smokey is your real name, by the way. Uh, need I remind you, sure. Smokey, there are only two reasons that people use the infamous 480 Bridge in Cleveland. One reason is to drive over it, and the other reason, well, I don't even know if I want to talk about it here on this show, but let's say the first part involves jumping. Yes, yes, yes. I'm at the bridge. Door number two, Greg. Door number two. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I did drive. I did drive to the bridge of my car, so I guess if we're talking about technicalities, uh, I did do both things. Um, uh, but uh, don't distract me when I'm here to talk about the smoker fire. It is my solemn duty as an Instagram influencer. All right. All right. So what seems to be the problem? I mean, I really haven't heard anything about smoke fire yet anyway, so fill me in. But don't you have your finger firmly on the pulse of the Facebook group community, Greg? 
People are catching on fire because of this grill. People are running and screaming. I just got one for myself and I can't take the pressure any longer. I just have to jump or I'm going to catch on fire. No, 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 uh, no, no, don't jump. Okay. Do you not like the way it cooks, Smokey? Uh, Greg, why would you assume I've cooked on it? I haven't even taken out of the box. I put my hand on that box and it almost burns me up. Half the world is catching on fire right now because of this smoke fire and all because of Kevin Coleman. What did Kevin Coleman have to do with any of this? I guess nothing. But him and Maddie and Kiki own Weber Grills, and it's their responsibility for making sure everyone is safe. And I know all my friends on Facebook have caught on fire. They've caught on fire. Can you prove that, Smokey? <laughs> Everything on Facebook is true, Mr. Rempe. My bestie friend on the internet, his name is Babyback Maniac. He almost burned alive because of one of Mr. Coleman, Maddie Kiki's grills. Look, can we burned leave? Alive, Greg. Can we leave Kevin and Maddie and <laughs> Kiki out of this discussion? I mean, I know for a fact that Kevin doesn't own Weber. Neither does Maddie or Kiki. They don't even live in the states. So let's get back to the real reason you called. Weren't you getting ready to jump off the 480 bridge? <laughs> oh, yeah, 480. Yes, yes, that's right. That's exactly what I was about to do. I need to get off. Fire! I need the water. So wait, let's get back to the original question. Have you used the cooker yet? Um, no, no, not really. What does not really mean? Well, I mean, I sort of looked at some pictures and I looked at the manual and I got scared and I hit. Oh, I see. So, but it's at least out of the box and like put together. No, I told you, I, I felt that if I opened the box, we'd have ourselves a backdraft situation. I, I kept it sealed, and I hid it in the baby's room for safekeeping. Smokey, if you haven't taken it out of the box, if you haven't put it together or used it a few times, how do you even know what you're seeing on Facebook is true? Just, look here, pal. Mr. Bragg, Rampy. I will not be questioned by the life of you, nor will I be forced to think logically. Facebook is truth. Facebook is lies. Smoke fire is burned. I'm out. I curse you, Kevin Holman. I hope you really are. Oh, no. Smokey. Smokey, are you there? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, dear. I think something terrible has happened to Smokey. Maybe he was just putting us on. And he was trying to draw a little attention to himself. Oh, my God. Well, that was certainly an unexpected phone call. Smokey, as uh, live from Kathy would say, we are praying for you. If you pray, pray for you. Once again, Kevin Coleman does not own Weber, nor does whoever Maddie and Kiki are. They do not own Weber. I'd say thank you for the call, but I'd be lying. Embedded correspondence coming up next. I will talk to you about Green Mountain Grills. You know, we talked about it in the first hour with Jason Baker. Choice line, original. Prime line, of course. A robust chassis, two internal meat probes, peek-in windows. On the pellet hopper, on the cooking chamber, pizza oven inserts going. 
And they pull through the dealer network, guys. So they are sending their own people out to educate the dealer network. When you go into the dealers, they are in turn educating you. So there is a wide base of knowledge going up. Returns are minimum. You are armed with the information to make you successful as you light it up for the very first time. And if you're thinking about it, I mean, cost-wise, prime lines are absolutely fantastic. You can do a whole bunch of stuff on these grills. Now, to me personally, I'm not grilling on my Green Mountain Grill. I do low, slow barbecue, and I do up into the 375 range. But that's where I start to draw it back. That's where I start to draw it back. I have grills for the other stuff. But you can figure it out all for yourself. You go to GreenMountainGrills.com, check out where their dealers are. You can buy pellets and other associated accoutrements. And don't forget, if you really like traveling around, that Davy Crockett is super efficient to take with you and trucks, vans, and SUVs, plugs right into the 12-volt lighter. Come on, you're ready to go. 12-volt adapter, not a lighter. Jeez. I could share with you a piece of information right now that would shake the very foundations of your world. Because I said cigarette, and it just sparked a memory from Saturday that I'm not even going to get into. Someday I will, and it will shake the very foundation. All right, we're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. Be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. That's right. Head over to smithfield.com for grilling season. You know guys like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. Mouth-watering flavor. No artificial ingredients. Smithfield fresh pork is quite simple. Some of the finest pork money can buy. Again, the website Smithfield. Dot com. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour. And you know what that means, bitches. It's the Embedded Correspondence. That's right. It's Doug Shiding from Texas. It's John Solberg from Michigan. It's Steve Ray still battling screen blurs as he has been for the last six months in Tennessee. And look at this guy, brand new. Jeff Rice from Dead Broke Barbecue in the Wisconsin's a new embedded correspondent. So we're happy to have him. We'll get to him here in just a second. Steve, what the hell? There you go. Look at you. 
Steve, we have to start with you immediately. Uh, we have talked a little bit about Weber Smokefire. We'll go around the dais here in just a moment to get some other thoughts here as we talk from peripheral. But I said to Derek Riches that I was not going to go out on my own to sit here and say that I'm any type of authority, that I own one, have used one, or anything. I have not. So I am reserving any full personal review until if I get my hands on one or two or four. We'll see how it goes. However, Steve was sans pellet cooker for the last 647 years. And then he decided to come to market and get two pellet cookers by the same manufacturer, that being Weber, the EX4 and the EX6. He is your man with first-hand experience, not just Facebook bitching and whining and praising and dying and burning. I mean, we just lost somebody, another somebody off the 480 bridge here in Cleveland, if you can believe it, named Smokey. And he said he had 47 Instagram followers, so he was some kind of an influencer. But Steve, what can you tell me firsthand about the Weber Smokefire experience? Well, you know, I got two of them. Yes, two. I bought one, I bought one and brought it home to use. And then a, a couple guys came by the gas station after they heard it. Steve, come back to us. Oh, right, I'm oh. here. I'm here, baby. Right. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Start again. You got me? A couple guys from the gas station were buying some leaded gas, and then what happened? <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to see the cooker and I didn't have it I didn't have it because I had it at the house. So I went out to uh my friendly Ace Hardware and got another one. For and, you uh, bought another one for somebody to take a look at? Well, I keep it at the gas station where my barbecue store is. Oh. Got it. I can cook on it. I can cook on it. So how do we like it? What's your first hand experience? Uh, this is what the people are okay. demanding. All right. The the EX4 uh was the second one I got. And it, and it um it didn't start the first time. It went through. I had to get, send it to the shutdown cycle, but the second time it started right up, no problems. I don't have any idea why it didn't start, but I didn't wring my hands over it. Uh, after I broke it in, I set it at three twenty five, and it, it worked great. You know, I took a temperature on the left side and the right side. I'm not really a, I really don't care about those kind of things. But I know a lot of people do. The left wall was two hundred sixty degrees, and the right wall was two hundred ninety. I don't know what that means. It but, means uh, there's a 30-degree temp swing from left to right, I think. Okay, but I, I think it moves around. But anyway, I put three uh, big frozen chicken legs in a pan on the top rack and set it for 325, and they got cooked in an hour and a half. They tasted great. Uh, set the smoker at 285. I cooked a butt in it on Friday. Uh, chicken wings on the top rack. It did fine. Flavor was good. Uh, 8 o'clock, I put the uh, butt on. At a noon, it was at 140 internal uh, at 285, which it's about right. I wrapped it and um, cranked it up, put it back on. I put the smoker up on 350, put it on the top rack, and it got done about 245. Uh, no problems except the startup. Uh, the the uh, EX6 started right up. It climbed to 600 degrees in 18 minutes. And uh, it probably would have done quicker than that. We opened up the, the lid twice to look at it. Uh, right off the bat, no grease fire. Performed just like it did um, on any 600-degree service. It was loud when I had the steaks on there. It was fiery. It was good. Uh, Sunday, I did a 13-pound brisket. Trimmed it down, put it on the uh, top rack in the middle. Uh, set the smoker 285. Put it on at 830. At noon, it was at 170. I wrapped it. 
at two thirty-five, it was done six and six hours and ten minutes. Hmm. That's how long it took. I thought that was, I thought it was amazing, and I put those videos on the uh, on our uh, Facebook page if you want to see them. Uh, threw a chicken on around noon just for the heck of it. You said you wanted to see a chicken. Uh, it cooked in an hour and a half. It was perfect. So uh, never having owned, I, you know, it's the first ones I've ever had. Uh, never having owned a pellet smoker, having made fun of them, and the people that owned them. I just got to say I wasn't impressed, but I was just satisfied with the operation and the performance. The dial is easy to use. The phone paired right up, but I don't, you know, I don't cook with a telephone. I cook with a grill, and I don't cook while I'm holding the telephone. So the telephone, the telephone thing, doesn't impress me or not impress me because I don't use it. Uh, it's easy to operate. So much I bought one for the house, and I've got one for my barbecue shop. I'd recommend it by all means. I've never used another pellet grill, but if they're as easy as this one, I can see why people use them. Simple. All right, but it so, works great. So uh, do you have a uh, an out of ten rating at the moment? I know you're only like uh, a week in, but what do you rate it out of 10 right now? Nine. Nine. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember, Absolutely. you know, 10 on this show is best ever. So, I mean, that's a pretty high rating. And if you remember it, and John will back me up on this three months ago, I called it Satan. Yeah, well, I remember. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, pretty happy guy. Did you ever feel you were in danger of catching on fire? No. Never? You agree. If you cook long enough, you're going to get a grease fire at anything. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just part of it. I, we had a grease fire one time down at the football stadium. We almost burned the stadium down. Hmm. You talk about a, you talk about a grease fire. Why do we not find that surprising? Uh, Steve Ray Very giving fun. us the plan of review on his now pair of Webers, one at the house and one at the shop, over at Steve Ray's Midnight Oil there in Ulawa, Tennessee. All right, as I had mentioned right at the top, we have a new correspondent in this evening. That's Jeff Rice. So, Jeff, take yourself off mute, introduce yourself to everybody, and just a very uh, brief thumbnail sketch of what you're into on the barbecue scene. Uh, my name is Ricer, and I'm part of Dead Broke Barbecue of Wisconsin. Dear. I've got a small little YouTube channel, and I like to cook barbecue and make videos. Pretty much that's it. All right. Uh, can you uh, – I know I can't believe I'm going to do this. Can you uh, gain up a little bit because it's just a tad low. Just a tad low. How's that? How's yeah. that? Yeah, a little more than that. A little more. Than that. A little more? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know okay. what happened. How's this? Uh, right there? A little bit more. A little bit more? There you All go. Right. That sounds much better. Okay. All, All right, right, man. So we're doing All YouTube right, videos. Yeah. Uh, and you're also yep. doing like a, a, you do a live uh, bar fly things. Was it Sunday nights? Or something <laughs> yeah. Like that? yeah. Now, I've got Barbecue Tavern Talk. We do it on Sunday nights. And I've got some bar flies that come and help out. Yep. I've got uh, you know, guests and all that, too. So yes. All right. Cool. Just so, kind of running at that, you know, Sundays and uh, I post videos on cooking barbecue. But, you know, I act, try to act my personal part of my funness into my videos. I'm not just a teacher. I'm actually trying to, like, have some fun with it. So, yeah, it's my hobby. All right. Uh, are you a competition cook by any stretch or are you just a backyard guy? I am a football coach, oh. and if I got into competition cooks, my wife would be having me sleep in the car. Oh. <laughs> There's absolutely zero chance that I could be a competition cook because I would be traveling all the time and trying to do it. And then, yeah, at least football, it's local. I'm here. But competition, if I was traveling, nah, it's just not going to work. So right. uh, I got young kids. Jeff Rice is sitting in for... Uh, or sitting in with the embedded correspondence, uh, rounding out and making a four panel here this evening along with myself. So let's keep with the sports theme just for one second here. Let's quickly go around the group here. Some of you guys are more sporty than others. But uh, we start with sports.
spring training here, pitchers and catchers or position players are also starting to show up as we know when it comes to baseball and MLB that the Houston Astros are the seedy underbelly of baseball this go-around. They're big cheaters. Everybody knows about it. They may or may not have won a World Series off of that cheating in 2017. And now everybody is lambasting them for getting caught for cheating. Now, I was always brought up in the realm of it's only cheating if you get caught or if you're not cheating, you're not trying, blah, blah, blah. So uh, let's start with you, Ricer. Uh, from an Astros perspective, uh, do you have any thoughts? Do you think that this is as big of a deal as they're making it? Is it even bigger deal than people are making it? What do you think? Hang them high. Hang them high. Like you, you think know, I mean, uh, every batter che- should be be on the lookout, or they should be expect to getting the bean balls like all season, or what? Yeah, I give them a couple every inning. I'm just kidding. No, but really, I mean, come on, you know, cheating, let's get out of here. You know what I mean? And if it's true, let's just, I'm going to wait for the dust to settle a little bit more on that one, but I'm a Brewers fan, so whatever, you know, go ahead, you know, go Brewers. So, but, but really in reality, I mean, I don't like the cheating part of it when it gets brought up, but yeah, you don't have to hit everybody in the forehead, you know, so you don't have to brush them off the plate. Steve, your thoughts on cheating Astros? People have been stealing signs since they started baseball. Bobby Thompson, who hit the shot, her around the world, knew what was coming. They're going to steal signs again. They're just using the technology. Back in the 60s, they used binoculars, the new technology. They're going to do it all season long. You still got to hit the freaking baseball, which is the hardest thing to do in all sports. They got caught. They'll just find a new way to do it. Uh, Doug, your thoughts on cheating Astros? Well, for full disclosure, I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah, so, we know, um, we know. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm going to call them asterisks from he- uh, here on out forever, amen, and I'm from Texas. So the, to me, the championship is forever tainted. And most importantly, in my live baseball draft that will happen next weekend, I am not drafting any Astros hitters. Really? Yeah. Even, now, if, they're, even if they're cheating? Yeah, even if they're cheating, their their mind is going to be so blown oh. that even if they weren't cheating, they're going to be thinking about it and they're going to overthink it and they're not going to be able to perform as well. I do find it interesting that Nolan Ryan has not been mentioned in any of this. And remember, he was part of the Astros for several years. I don't remember that. Nolan Ryan that I know was uh, part of the Chicago... Uh, uh, oh, shit. Texas Rangers. Rangers part of the management staff. And he kicked he the shit of out of Robin staff. Ventura. 40-year-old man whooping up on a 20-year-old is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. John Solberg, your thoughts on uh, cheating Astros? What'd they do? Let the air out of the ball? (laughs) What? John John is the resident sports expert, by the way. Um, I am. I'm a color commentator. If if the juicing of human beings hadn't taken place so many years before with the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, a Raffi, Palmero, and the list goes on. I think I would be way more outraged at this whole thing than I am. Uh, but since the integrity of the game had already been compromised, since the fabric of the game had already been compromised through the whole juicing scandal, I, I have no idea why this one seems any worse or less to me. It seems like it's just part of the game at this point. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you can let them punch up all the steroids they want in themselves, make themselves look like outrageous-looking human beings and beasts, and 
it's all entertainment anyway. So if they're stealing signs, you know, whatever. The integrity of the game has long since been blown past. Nobody seemed to give a shit back then. But don't worry. Pete Rose is still out of the Hall of Fame because he placed a couple bets on teams that weren't his. Forget about it. All right, let's get into some topics tonight. Uh, Steve gave us a review on the smoke fire, and Rice will start with you. When you talk about uh, online reviews, you know, 10 years ago, there was hardly online reviews, or you had to really search through some crappy looking forums to get some thoughts for some people nowadays as you well know youtube is like the singular place to go to find reviews or how do things work or how can you fix things so i guess uh, answer it from a couple different sides i mean you, you do look at products and you've given your thoughts on things through your youtube videos but as a consumer as well um, when you're online looking for stuff in reviews how do you figure out who you're going to trust and your general thoughts on reviews well, there's a couple different like barbecue supplier people around this area, and I actually go to them. Um, I don't. I mean, I buy stuff from Walmart. I mean, I bought my my pit boss from Lowe's. It was such a good deal. But I have guys that kind of know more than me. Back in the day, I had a Weber kettle, and that's all I ever had, and that's all I ever cooked on. So, kind of some of the new equipment, it's popping up on my Facebook because obviously I, I have some YouTube stuff. It's in my Instagram, but I actually have a couple guys that I rely on to say, hey, is this a good piece of equipment or is it a piece of crap? And I just kind of go with what they say and then I go and look at it. And you know, I know how to what a piece of metal should look like compared to a piece of tin. So then I go look at it. I mean, yeah, that's how I'm going to do my reviews by just asking people that really are deep into the barbecue genre, let's say. Get their opinion first, and then I want to go look at it. I want to touch it and see what it is. So if you're going to review something on your channel, what are the most important pieces to get across to your audience? Because you have people that are relying on you to be the expert. Um, I wanted, obviously, something that's popular and a lot of people are using. That's my main goal with my channel is to have something that a lot of people are using and also a little bit of a niche too. Well, like the, when the Pro Series 1100 came out, it was a perfect time for me to buy that. I wasn't a pit or uh, a pellet grill type of person, but it made sense. That's where the market was going. And I got it home, ran about four cooks through it, and I said, this is pretty simple, and I can talk about this pit. I like this pit. It does a decent job. There's things I want to talk to Pit Boss about changing, but it's a decent cooker for what it is. John? Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, you're also known for reviews, uh, whether your name is on it or it's ghosted for somebody else. But when you're going to do reviews, things that are most important for you to communicate to your public and then... On the other side, when you're a consumer, uh, what is your process going through and looking at online reviews? Well, if I could take that on backwards. Yeah, go ahead. My, my, trusted, my trusted review sources tend to be Derek Rich's. Um, I don't feel he's influenced marketed up. And uh, to be honest, Bill McGrath on Thermometers over at Amazing Ribs, that's a solid reviewer. So those are two of my sources. When I'm writing a review, there's a couple different having that insight there's a couple different types of reviews. There's affiliate marketing reviews, which still can be honest, and there's pure clean reviews. So you have to take a look and go, where is this reviewer coming from? Is he coming from an affiliate marketing standpoint? 
which isn't always a pure standpoint. Uh, I don't write reviews that aren't pure. If someone wants me to say something that I don't believe in, I don't take the job, even at a loss. So you have to really figure out, everybody has an affiliate link. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But is the review driving the affiliate link? And when I go back to Derek Riches, he's not, he he's affiliated, but he's given me an honest point of view. Uh, Doug, um, People are contacting you. I don't know if you do a lot of like writing and reviews and stuff for blogs and other websites per se, but you're certainly a world champion barbecue cook. So people are going to be coming to you asking for your thoughts on stuff. So how do you go about uh, consulting with people? And then uh, as we've been asking everybody else, when you're looking to buy stuff, how do you go through and cipher out which is BS and which is something that you can trust? Okay. Yeah. For like my, uh, like Jeff was saying, I'm a touchy feely guy. I need, when I bought my first pellet grill, um, and it was because I could go out and touch and feel it. There were some that were sold online that, you know, appeared with their reviews to be better. I just, uh, I just wanted to go and check it out and I checked it out three times and I bought it. So uh, from an online review standpoint, I like reading things that, uh, are articles or in writing and that's one of the reasons I got into uh, Meathead is the Dr. Blonder, you know, the physicist and, you know, engineers and technical objective and those sorts of things. So um, I like to hear more of a, an objective, how does it work sort of point of view, not the, uh, you know, the, the whiz bang type features that, that it has. I'd rather, you know, it just needs to be a good cooker and I need to be able to use it for my objective of trying to get the best meat off the grill. All right, Steve, uh, your thoughts on when you're looking for reviews and uh, when people are consulting you, how do you give them fair and honest? Uh, well, first of all, I never I never really went to YouTube for reviews until this uh, smoke fire what? thing came. Well, I, I just don't because what I use, nobody really reviews. I, I used uh, Gravity Feed uh, charcoal cookers, and, and I got reviews from the people I was competing against on the on – the, uh, in barbecue contests, that's where I got all my information from. Were people that actually built these things? Um, I, you know, I, I just don't have a, a go-to person. I've read, I've read Derek Rich's uh, web page. It's, it's it's awesome. His uh, his latest article on pellet grills was good. Um, but um, I, I just don't have a go-to person. I just I never I never turn to YouTube or a, a reviewer to read a, a review on something. I just <laughs> I talked to people and I uh, I bought what I well, you know what I thought I needed, and uh, and it's been but you know I don't you know what I use a lot of people don't use, so you know this was all new to me this this pellet thing, but but doesn't mean I won't look you know look down the road if something else comes out I may you know try to check it out. What about when you're giving advice for folks? What do you how do you toll that line? Oh gosh, um, and I don't know advice. You know what? You know what's the best cooker is usually the question I get at the store, and, and you know I say you know what can you afford? What can you? Uh, you know what do you like? Most people like pellet smokers. Um, I didn't know anything about them, so I really wasn't a grill salesman. Are you going to be looking to carry a line of pellet cookers now yeah. that you you yeah. like them, but you it's don't know that, how to sell them? I don't. I don't know how to sell anything, Greg. I'm, I'm a lousy salesman. But if I think if I put something out there. That they understand. I mean, you know, I try to sell a product now. People don't understand. It's a good product. They just don't understand it. What is that? Uh, well, the pit barrel. And you and, think and they're going to understand a pellet cooker over a pit yeah, barrel? Yeah, because, yeah, you know why? 
because you stand in front of it and you lift the lid like your gas grill. That's why. People understand that. Well, they 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 think they can understand that. So they don't understand the fact that you got to hang the meat or the fact that no, you have to light a they, fire. They don't understand that. They don't understand the whole putting the basket in the bottom. It's 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 Greek to them. They've never seen that. Wow, we and and it's I know I I know, but but you know we're dealing with the GP. We're not dealing with uh, you know professional cooks or uh, even even seasoned backyard cookers. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to. I want to. I want to get into the pellet business because that's where <laughs> that's where everybody's buying. I mean, you got guys like Doug. Doug's a a world champion barbecue guy. I mean, Houston, Texas, uh, big time stuff. And he's using a pellet cooker. I mean, he's using a backyard device to to win contests. He's not throwing sticks all night in a, a you know a three hundred gallon drum that was made from some guy at a junkyard. I mean, that's what everybody everybody's using these things. You're painting with a very broad stroke there, by the way. I mean, there's plenty of really high-quality offset pit manufacturers that, I know that. You know, aren't pulling I know shit that. out of a junkyard. And, I, and, I, and hey, I've got, a, I've got a great <laughs> offset made by HPT down there in Rainsville, Rainsville Alabama. It's, it's a great cooker. But, but the backyard guys, they're not going to – they just don't – you know, you go into Walmart, fellas, and you've seen it. There's not an offset smoker in there anymore. You can't find one. Two years ago, that's all you could find. They're gone. They are gone. They're off the floor. The only thing you see in there are pit bosses and Cuisinarts and those griddles, those uh, Blackstone griddles. That's all that's in my Walmart now. There are no offset smokers. It's it's pellets. The pellet is the the pellet is the thing. All right, uh, that's Steve's take on getting reviews and giving reviews. I'm going to put you guys on hold just for a second. Well, I do a small piece of business right here, and then we'll come back and talk about code of conduct and or best practices when it comes to putting up reviews, if we have any suggestions there. And then we'll also talk about grilling gadgets and appliances that you love, and that'll probably take us to the end of the show. Hey, here's a great appliance that you might want to consider, especially if you have a ceramic cooker or a bullet-style cooker or a kettle-style cooker, even some mid to large offsets. That's the Barbecue Guru. That's right. The creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. Are you sick and tired of tending fires or you don't want to learn fire management, how to build, maintain, and keep? Barbecue Guru is something you want to take a look at. They range all the way down from a party queue all the way up to a cyber queue cloud Wi-Fi and varying points in between. You can monitor internal temperatures of meat, various uh, uh, ambient temperatures of your smokers, combination of all of those, ramp temperature up and down. It's really something else. So if you want to check them out, you go to bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Make sure that you ask all of your questions. Tell them what kind of cooker you got. You want to know all the ins and outs. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Uh, trying to nail down Barbecue Bob Trudnack for a recap of the Shotgun Fred contest that took place uh, about two weeks ago this coming weekend. And some new stuff that will be coming out in 2020 as well. Bob, notorious for coming on the show, teasing that he's got something cool, but then saying, I can't really tell you about How it. Dare you? I mean, don't come on my show and do that. Bob will be here, bbqguru.com and 800-288-GURU. And we're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, speaking of Pit Barrel, this portion of the Embedded Correspondent segment brought to you by Pit Barrel, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, except in Uldawa, Tennessee. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories, whether you're a beginner or professional, it's definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Pit Barrel Cooks. All right. We are back with the embedded correspondence here. Uh, John, let's start with you because uh, you are probably the most published of reviewers here. So let's talk. Uh, I mean, are we starting to get into the weeds when we talk about uh, codes of conducts or best practices or standard operating procedures when it comes to reviews? Or is it always going to be guerrilla warfare at its best? Well, it is regulated. You do have to disclose if a product was provided to you for review. Uh, I don't see a lot of enforcement action about on that going on. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, a couple other people are starting to get engaged in that because the government's starting to look at them to be held responsible. Um, but there's, I see people all the time receiving review samples doing YouTubes. They're not declaring, you know, and then you find out, well, they got the product, whether it's good or bad. So I don't know how it's enforceable. I don't know how you actually enforce it other than it's just an honor system and you got to do it and you got to, and the people that are doing it and that they're disclaiming, it's written, they say it, you're pretty, I'm pretty confident that those folks are doing the right thing. Uh, Steve, do you have any thoughts on codes of conduct or best practices or do you go in knowing that it's just going to be sift through and see what you get? Yeah, it, it, to me, it's just sift through. It's, uh, it's, it's just a lot of a lot of white noise and you just shuffle through it. Uh, half of them are believable, half of them aren't. Half of them are um, legitimate and the other half, uh, you don't you don't know if they know how to use the grill or not. You know, you can't review something out of a box. You've got to, you've got to use it. The guys that, the guys that have, have got it out of the box and they've, and they've cooked on it for, you know, 10 times or 20 times and then review it, I probably would believe them. Uh, a guy right out of the box, if he, uh, says you know my phone won't hook to it this is a piece of shit you know i, I don't believe i don't believe that you know because his phone won't hook to it you know cook on the cook on the smoker don't you know it's not about if your phone will hook to it you know cook on it and then give me a review doug should there be a code of conduct oh yeah well there perhaps there should but there's not going to be i mean uh, with instagram and twitter and youtube and all facebook you know it's all to be the first to report and and to have the first take on something so that's why you get the uh, such the fluctuations like we had recently with the highs and lows and now we're starting to see more of the uh, the middle uh, middle of the road so um and a lot of them don't even like each other, so so I, I just think it's funny. There, there's not going to be a code of contact. No. Uh, guys, I don't know if you notice this, uh, Ricer. I know you don't notice this, but uh, John and Steve specifically, I just do want to recognize Doug Shiding for upgrading tech. That's a brand new microphone. I see that. I see you working out there, Doug. Sound great, by the way, tonight. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, all right, Ricer, I will end with you here uh, for code of conduct talk or best practices uh, as somebody who has a sweeping youtube channel um you know what what are your thoughts on it should there be a well, code of dad, conduct 
Of course. My, my dad brought me up not to lie, tell the truth. He's a military guy. So I feel that, and I, I don't, just to be honest with you, I haven't had any type of reviews that you're talking about yet on my channel. But when they do come, I want to test it first and then be honest with it. I don't want to tell somebody this is the greatest thing since a bread slicer, and then it ends up being a piece of crap because what is that going to do to my channel? That's going to hurt my channel. So I am in this for a little bit of a business, but also, I mean, I want to show people products, and that's what YouTube's about. But when I watch somebody, can you kind of tell? You can kind of tell, if you ask me, if they're sincere. If they're sincere and they really mean it from their heart that they like this machine and they're producing some good stuff, well, it's kind of hard sometimes to fake YouTube videos. Now, you can do made-for-television and put a little bit of drama into things, but <laughs> kind of testing the pudding, let's say, is when you get to see it and what they're doing. And when, and when you get your hands on it, then you know for sure. So anybody that's buying anything off from a YouTube channel should most certainly touch it first and look at it before they make their final decision just off a of link. Um, you there know, you when I am, I'm approached a lot to, hey, can we send you X and will you talk about it? And the standard reply back to me is, happy to have you send me something for free. If you want me to talk about it on the show, here's what's going to happen. If it's a cooker, it's going to go on my patio. It's Cleveland. The weather is crap eight months out of the year, and then it's really hot as hell for four months out of the year, and there's no in between. Send me a cover. Otherwise, it's going to remain uncovered, and I will use it. And if I don't like it, unfortunately, on my show, I will say, this company gave me a grill, and I don't like it, and here's why I don't like it. If you can't take that, then don't send me the grill. If you can take it, then send it. If you're confident in it, if I like it, it will end up being talked about on the show organically. Now, I've had other companies just approach me outside for no promo and say, we're coming up with a new grill or we want to send you one just for R&D. And then once a month, you know, use it. And then once a month, send us ideas on what would make it better or what you're seeing malfunctioning or this or that. And that has nothing to do with any compensation. But even if I talk about it, I do bring up the fact that it's something that it was given to me for research and development. So nobody is under the impression that I'm just going out and spending crazy money on grills all the time because I have, you know, seven, eight or, or nine of them or whatever. It's always disclosed. Same thing for meat or rubs or whatever. Like the first hashtag, all you have to do is look for mine and it'll say sponsored or not paid for or something along those lines. Just because, you know, I, I just don't ever want to be associated with that CD underbelly of uh, social media that is currently out there. And by the way, I was talking with a very high-level top man in the industry today. And, uh, you know, it's, it is alarming to me that the number of pukes out there in social media who will sell out for a free bottle of rub or a case of rub and a piece of shit percentage on an affiliate link you know, uh, some thermometer company or some grill company. We'll give you this grill and then you can have a, a one and a half percent take on if somebody orders. Nobody's ordering through your affiliate link, you chump. And you're not making any money. I mean, if you have talent, you command cash. Otherwise, get the fuck out of my house. We're bringing professionals right here, goddammit. All right, um, so let me talk to you guys tonight about non-grilling kitchen gadget or appliance that you absolutely love 
Steve, what do you love in the kitchen that's not barbecue or grilling related? The magic bullet. I use it every day. Damn it. That was mine. Well, you should have thunk up there, sucker. God, uh, what do you use I'll it for? You use it for everything? Use it. I do my eggs in it in the morning, wow. and then I do it, make my wife's uh, smoothie in it. Whatever needs mixed, I use it. I use the hound's tooth out of it every day. Every day. Magic bullet, or is it the bigger magic bullet? No, the neutral. No, the the, 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 the right normal size yeah. magic bullet right. with the two. It's got the two two different size caps. It's got the uh, drink mugs that came with it. Two. Right. Uh, right. Got two blades. Nice. It's 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 it's. I've had it for years and I've used it for years. I love it. It stays on the counter. It's got its own space. It, it has been deemed counter worthy. Oh, very nice. It's counter space at a premium in most houses. Uh, yes. Ricer, your favorite non barbecue or grilling related appliance or gadget that you love? My bottle opener. You like no, that gadget? That's yeah, one of my favorites, actually. No, I'm, uh, probably my favorite one is my. A Nova Seville. I I love that especially because I live in the frozen tundra, so it gets a little yep, cold. Yep, yep. So I throw some steaks in the in the tub and get them up to about that 130 degrees, and then give them a quick little sear. So how often? Yeah, uh, that's like how many times during the week are you using it? Oh, once every two weeks. You know, we're I'm not using it every week. My yeah. wife is actually the the cook for the week. I'm the weekend cook, uh-huh. so that's kind of how it works. So gotcha. she's a fantastic cook but yeah so we kind of take turns on that but i would say that when i'm cooking during the winter and a kitchen gadget it's either going to be the bottle opener or it's going to be the or the anova all right could be a combination of both depending on what you're doing yeah sometimes yeah right exactly douglas favorite non-barbecue or grilling related gadget or appliance well, before I started cooking, it was the microwave. I used the microwave for everything. I was Mr. Nachos. I could eat nachos every night. But you know, now maybe I'm a little more sophisticated. And uh, but uh, yeah, maybe. So um, other than I, Steve, I'll give you an honorable mention with your Christmas gift and the magnetic knife holder. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. I do love that. But uh, just from an everyday use. Um, I have to go with the air fryer. We use it once a week, and right. we use it. Uh, we use it for the shoestring potatoes, Brussels sprouts, wings. We we cook a lot of things in that. So usually once once a week on Saturday or Sunday, we'll use the air fryer for a side. John, favorite non barbecue grilling related gadget? This year, as crazy as it sounds, is a egg steamer, and I'm not a fan of unitaskers in the kitchen. I try to avoid them at all costs. What is an egg but steamer? That- it's a little thing. You put a half a dozen eggs in it. You put a little cup of water pre-measured. It makes a perfectly soft, medium, or hard-boiled egg that literally falls out of the shell. Really? And as a low as a low carb Atkins person, you have to hard boil a lot of eggs because mm. you gotta have them around. I mean, it's it's fuel source. It's like it's the I'm I'm in love with it. I'm, and it's like seventeen dollars. You can it's, it's the greatest thing since the bread slicer. <laughs> I'm completely marveling at. At this item, I've never heard of it, and uh, while I'm not necessarily a big uh, hard-boiled egg guy by any stretch of the imagination, uh, I am soft-boiled egg guy and kind of medium-boiled egg guy, but hard goes a little bit past me. Doug, do you have one of these, too? I see you pretty excited about what John's talking about. No, it's it sounds like a fantastic little device. All right. Uh, 
John, you'll have to send me a link after hours so I can buy one for my wife because her and my oldest would absolutely love the shit out of that. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm shipping one to you. It'll be on the way after the show. All right. It's I yours. will. Don't worry. I, I will declare. <laughs> I will declare it uh, when it gets there and I take social media pictures. So don't worry about that. Uh, for me, I was I, I was vacillating because Steve took my original idea, which was the uh, what the hell is it called? Magic bullet. Magic bullet. But I realize that while I have used the magic bullet uh, uh, quite a bit, like almost every morning, the one piece that I have used longer every morning than the magic bullet is the AeroPress coffee maker. I use now. I know this is like a whole other touchy subject with some folks here with how you make your coffee and what you use and all this other. However, I find that the AeroPress for me is working very well, and that just happens to have been in use longer. By about one month than the Magic Bullet, because, of course, I started drinking my Bulletproof coffee, which is the grass-fed butter or ghee, if I don't have any grass-fed butter, uh, like Kerrygold unsalted, two tablespoons MCT oil, and then eight ounces of coffee, and I use the AeroPress to do that. And then that all gets dumped into the Magic Bullet, where it's whipped up into a frothy, buttery, or oily coffee mix that I drink in the morning to keep me looking fit and slim, and it does not put any more hair on my head, unfortunately, which is kind of tough. Uh, so there you go. All right, uh, we're finishing it up here with this question tonight, and I appreciate the time this month, gentlemen. What have you been cooking or smoking in a unique way lately? And we will start with John in Michigan. Anything unique or out of the ordinary? I have not been cooking anything unique, but I have something on the agenda coming up here. All right. I'm going to go after beef smoked beef tongue for the first time. Beef tongue. Ooh. Are you are you just fascinated with it, or are you just something you're going to try to say you did it? Well, I, it sounds like it's good. I mean, tongue is popular. It's, it's I've never tried it. I'm going to try to see what it is, and if I do it, I'm not. I'm going to run it until I figure it out and. It's going to be, it's not going to, it's beef. It's going to be good. <laughs> Just if I don't cook it badly. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Ricer, anything that you do that is unique? Well, the one thing when he hears, he's talking about tongue. I was actually thinking about cheek. Uh, I've seen some videos out there with some beef cheek and I thought, you know, maybe I could do like a beef cheek taco or something like yeah. that. I heard it's real tender. I've never personally cooked it. I've, We'll see, you know, so that was something just to kind of put a little unique thing on my channel. My wife is always telling me you need to like put more than just ribs and brisket and stuff. So, so I thought that would, you know, that's it. Some beef cheek. Let's try it out. I heard it's very delicious. Just Pryles just did a beef cheek taco thing that I saw the other day. Uh, Steve, anything uh, that you're doing, uh, cooking, smoking, unique? Well, I know I should follow up beef cheek and uh, tongue with uh, mountain oysters, but I'm not. Thank you. Egg rolls. You ever seen an egg roll? Right. That's an egg roll. It is? I had no idea. I, that's an egg roll. That's what they look like. I had no idea. You like, put them in a hot water, you put them in hot water, and then they get like real, real gimpy. And then you put stuff in them, you roll them up and eat them. Gimpy. I, I, think them. You're, I think you're looking for pliable, but I could be oh, okay. reaching. But uh, somebody brought some in from the uh, panda across the street a couple months ago. And uh -huh. I was munching down on them. And I said, I can make these. Hmm. So I made some uh, pork and uh, potato salad ones, fried them up. They were delicious. Uh, made some Wagyu and cheese ones. And they, they were bad. They, they were unedible. So uh, I'm experimenting. 
Douglas, uh, what are you doing that is unique, cooking or smoking? In the in the last couple of weeks, I did uh, bone marrow. I did uh, bone marrow four different types, uh, different ways. We had uh, we actually had four couples over, and we all got one uh, one half of a, a bone, and we we made our own bone marrow and had a bone marrow off. Um, this past weekend, I did elk steaks with uh, blueberry barbecue sauce, and I did beef shanks mm. for the first time ever. How did you like those? It would a- it was actually very good. The meat is very rich. Very rich. Rich, but not greasy? No. All right. No. It was a little gristly, but the richness uh, made up for that. All right. Now I have to think if I have done anything unique lately, cooking or smoking. And the most, but I didn't cook it and I didn't smoke it. But when I was at my favorite restaurant on West 29th Street, Larder Delicatessen, I had this thing that uh, Jeremy Umansky made called snow white's friends and it was squirrel and rabbit and deer and uh, chip the chipmunk i don't yeah whatever you see in snow white's uh forest thing was pretty much in and it was pressed into a pate and i gotta tell you for as leery as i was of putting that in my mouth especially after i said snow white's friends what does that mean and then he pretty much laid out every single wild animal in the forest he's like oh trust me it's delicious i mean who am i to argue with jeremy umansky who's widely my hero and i gotta tell you uh, on a scale of one to ten it was a solid six i gotta be honest solid six so uh but you know I, what do we all know about me i'm not outside the box when it cooks the anything i'm, I'm very scared i, I won't Barely want to touch uh, fish eggs, and Stephen Reichel's going to force me to do it someday. You know, there you go. All right, so uh, this is the Embedded Correspondence segment. You find it on the fourth Tuesday in the second hour of every month here. And if you're watching, on the top right is the first-time Embedded Correspondent ranging in from the frozen tundra of Wisconsin. Jeff Rice, Ricer on YouTube. Dead Broke Barbecue is his channel, so go ahead and subscribe to him. We also have John Solberg from Michigan, who is also the executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. We also have Steve Ray down there on the bottom right from Tennessee and the longest-running embedded correspondent Doug Shiding from Texas right there. Gentlemen, we'll see you next month. There they are. How about that? As always, I can't get them off. There we go. No? No? Yeah, there we go. They're gone. They're gone now. Beautiful. Another successful embedded correspondence segment and we thank jeff reister for filling it way to go jeff holding your own against savvy vets all the way back in the first hour we talked with jason baker green mountain grills greenmountaingrills.com also we had derek riches on the fourth tuesday of the month first hour guest derekriches.com and the embedded correspondents, Jeff Rice in Wisconsin, John Solberg, Michigan, Doug Shiding, Texas, and Steve Ray in Tennessee. Big show planned for you next week, of course. September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday. This is your program host of Proud US American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>